Okay, Amy, it is Friday. Friday. It's not Friday. It's not it's Friday. Monday. <laughs> I'm, I'm so used to saying Friday morning. It is Monday night. I know. The 21st of November, 20,022. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day of work already. So now we're coming here. I am very grateful. 2D2. 2D2. I am very grateful that you're here. Oh, no. Because you, you. you had a packed day. It's and fun. you just had some dinner. Thank and, you. Yes. And so now we're going to record. So. Here we are. My goodness. And the 49ers are playing. <gasps> Why don't you go watch them? We'll do it after. How about this? How about this? I've learned that the Lord is more important than the 49ers. Oh, my Jesus, Lord. The Lord's more important than football. Than Garoppolo. <laughs> because where do all the dry, yeah. drier things go? They go in pockets. Yeah. I don't know why we don't invent to make something with those. I don't know. I go through pockets. I find drier oh, yeah. things. I find old straw wrappers. It used to be a Lego or a little truck. Now, and a cussed out Lego that you stepped on. Legos are horrible. Mm -hmm. The littler they are, the more they hurt. Yes. But unless you step on a Duplo. Yeah. Because that takes out the, your entire arch. <laughs> <laughs> All at once. All at once, your arch goes out. Then, as you're going down... Yeah. Your knee is dislocated oh. because your knee is now landed on an entire Duplo and you're writhing in pain. Isn't it the truth? Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to the ER and they're like, ma'am, what happened? Yeah. Duplo? Yeah, Duplo. Uh, is there anything you wanted to chat about before we start? Um, no. No? Are you cooking Thanksgiving? We are, yeah. It's at the house. So we're going to... I love hosting Don't you? Thanksgiving. Are you making Armenian stuffing? Nope. Is there such thing? There Probably. might be. There might be. I know there's... Uh, you know, I can make the bulgur pilaf, but we're not going to have pilaf. We're just going to have traditional Good. Thanksgiving. Okay. And I'm actually making baklava Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. So we were, we found phyllo dough, because that's always, mm. that's always a, a task during... Mm -hmm. You know, Chris, Thanksgiving and Christmas is finding the phyllo yeah. dough. There you go. But well. we found some, and we got our walnuts and honey, so we're all good. Get going, girl. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, there you go. And you're hosting as well? Yes, I am. It'll be fine. We'll get it all going. You got ba grandbaby's first Thanksgiving. Grandbaby, yes. I can't wait. Yep. So he'll trot along. And I hope he gets to try something. Oh, yeah. But he hasn't eaten anything. Oh, he hasn't had... No. Is he still on bottle? Yeah. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. All right, friend, do you want to start us in prayer? Sure. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I'm studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study your word and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's do a recap of Proverbs chapters 1 through 9. Now, we had also covered Psalms 72 and 127. Those were the two associated with Solomon. Uh, the book of Proverbs focuses on God, his character, works, and blessings, and tells us how we can live in close relationship to him. Many of the Proverbs we covered were directed towards young people. Wisdom is heavily discussed, what it means and how to obtain it. And we went over that chart, the strategy for effective living chart, mm -hmm. that began with God's wisdom, requires moral and practical application, and then finally effective living. You gotta stay. You gotta steer clear of the immoral women. Yes, you do. Better stay clear. Yes. Anything else you wanted to chat about there? No, I think that was great. Okay, so we're gonna be going over Proverbs chapters. Okay, so chapter ten one through twenty two sixteen. 
I thought we could just kind of go page by page. And sure. And if, if there are any verses that you liked, and then we can go over notes. Sure. Because it's a, it's a long section. Yes, it is. So is there anything in, maybe on 642, if you wanted to start there. Um, on page 641 or 2? Whatever you had. Whatever you had okay. highlighted. Um, I have highlighted 10.3, which it says, The Lord will not let the godly go hungry, but he refuses to satisfy the craving of the wicked. And my note for that says, Proverbs often describes God's care for the godly. Being godly does not being, mean being like God in the same sense of being perfect. Obviously, that is impossible for human beings. Godly people are those who love the Lord and are seeking to follow Him. As Christians, we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit to help us live godly lives. Amen to that. Yes. And to add to that, they also had the note, um, Proverbs is filled with verses that contrast the godly or righteous person with the wicked. And we see that a ton here, oh, yeah. just constantly going back and forth. These statements are not intended to apply universally to all people in every situation. For example, some good people do go hungry. Rather, they are intended to communicate the general truth that the life of the person who seeks God is better in the long run than the life of the wicked person, a life that leads to ruin. These statements are not ironclad promises, but general truths. In addition, a proverb like this assumes a just government that cares for the poor and needy. The kind of government Israel was intended to have. A corrupt government often thwarts the plans of godly men and women. Um, Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. And my note was, God supplies most people with the personal and financial Abilities to respond to the needs of others. If we all realized how God has blessed us, and if we all used our resources to do God's will, hunger and poverty would be wiped out. Wealth is a blessing only if we use it in the way God intended. I had um, chapter 11, and I actually had verses 2, 3, and 4. Okay. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. And then four was, riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. And then the note for four says, the day of judgment refers to when we die or to the time when God settles accounts with all people. On judgment day, each person will stand alone, accountable for all deeds done while on earth at that time no amount of riches will buy reconciliation with god only our love for god and obedience to him will count okay i had 11 9 sure it says um with their words the godless destroy their friends but knowledge will rescue the righteous and it said the mouth can be used as either a weapon or a tool hurting relationships or building them up Sadly, it is often easier to destroy than to build, and most people have received more destructive comments than those that build up. Every person you meet today is either a demolition site or a construction opportunity. Your wor words will make a difference. Will they be weapons for destruction or tools for construction? That's the oh, truth, huh? Because yeah. you can just make a difference every day. You sure can. Just being kind. I, I read a thing about empathy today. Mm -hmm. That how that's the most powerful knowledge. Because you have to get out of yourself. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, right. Empathy you were talking about. Yeah, just that it uh, it's the mo one of the most greatest powers of knowledge. Because you have to come out of yourself in order to just feel that person. You know. Yes. Yeah, so... Because you're taking an interest mm -hmm. in someone else and not in a phony way. No. You, you know, when you are speaking one-on-one -on -one with someone, it doesn't matter where it is. I mean, you could be at the dollar store talking to the cashier, you know, just yeah. talking one-on-one -on -one with someone. Yeah, yeah. I know. I talked to a lady last week from out of the state, and she came here to where I work, and 
she, when she came, she was just so thankful. And I'm not even sure what I did. Oh. But you know what I mean? Like, again, you just don't know. But the Lord set it up. Yeah, he did. To whatever she needed to hear, you yes. provided it. Yeah, and I was, I was so glad I was there for her during that time. But I can't tell you what, it wasn't me. It was the Lord's work. It, it was. It's, it's the Holy Spirit it speaking is. through you because the Holy Spirit knows. He knows what that person needs. Absolutely, yep. So, anyway. It was a kind thing for her to remember, you know. Okay, I had 24 and 25. Okay. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And the note for that says, these two verses present a paradox. We become richer <clears throat> by being generous. The world says to hold on to as much as possible. But God blesses those who give freely of their possessions, time, and energy. When we give, God supplies us with more so that we can give more. In addition, giving helps us gain a right perspective on our possessions. We realize they were never really ours to begin with. They were given by God to be used to help others. What then do we gain by giving? Freedom from enslavement to our possessions, the joy of helping others, and God's approval. Amen. Yes. Freedom from the enslavement to our possessions. And a lot of us, because I'm not taking myself out of that. No. So many of us have that. We have way too much, I think, everyone. Everybody. And, and I know that you did a lot of giving away, and you felt so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? There's always someone that can is in need. And it almost like it almost made me feel bad because it's like how did we accumulate these bags and bags of stuff? Yeah. Like I, we're happy cuz we're donating it and it yes. you know go to to someone who needs it. That's great. But it it's like why did we do this in the first place? Yeah. I know it. I know. There's few things we really need. Mm -hmm. I um, first I wanted to say there's a little, little insert in our Bible that says Proverbs gives some practical instructions on the use of money. Although sometimes it is advice we'd rather not hear, it's more comfortable to continue in our habits than to learn how to use money more wisely. And it talked about the one you just read. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> I just thought that was an interesting little thing about, talks about be cautious of countersigning for another, don't accept bribes, help the poor, be careful about borrowing, you know, mm -hmm. just common sense. Yeah. So I have 12.1, and it says, to learn you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. And then I have, if you don't want to learn... Years of schooling will teach you very little, but if you want to be taught, there is no end to what you can learn. This includes being willing to accept dis discipline and correction and to learn from the wisdom of others. A person who refuses constructive criticism has a problem with pride. Such a person is unlikely to learn very much. And Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I thought about, like myself in school, I don't think I was very good. Um, until I got into a program that I loved. And now even, don't you feel like if you really want to learn about something, you're going to sit and read and, like, practice and... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Any, like, anybody could really learn anything. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't put ourselves in boxes that, oh, I can't do this or that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of what we learn could be used to helping others yes yeah so i just thought about that so oh that's a great point yeah what'd you have Twelve sixteen. okay so chapter 12 verse 16 a fool is quick tempered but a wise person stays calm when insulted the note with it says when someone annoys or insults you it is natural to retaliate but this solves nothing and only encourages trouble 
Instead, stay calm and answer slowly and quietly. Your positive response will achieve positive results. Proverbs 15 once says, a gentle answer deflects anger. Oh. And, or, or the other person gets very frustrated. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It's interesting because if you, I've tried that before and it, 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 it'll go two ways. Either the person, the person will be yelling and then you just stay very calm and you start lowering your voice mm -hmm. and, and then the situation diffuses. Yes. Or they can go off the edge. No, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they want that interaction. They do. They want a reaction. Yes. Sometimes if someone, even especially with texts and stuff, don't, don't answer. Yeah. If they're being whatever, just don't respond. Yeah. Goodness. I had 1223. Yeah. The wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. Is that not the truth? That is 100% true. And the note says, wise people have a quiet confidence. Unstable people, which are fools, feel the need to prove themselves. But wise people don't have to prove anything. They know they are capable, so they get on with their work. Beware of showing off. If you are modest, people may not notice you at first, but they will respect you later. And who really cares if someone notices you? A lot of people do. Yeah, I know. But a like, lot. You know, I don't know. I know what you're saying. I yeah. got you. But it makes a difference to a lot of people. To some people. Yeah. They have to have that recognition, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Verse 10, which reminded me of it. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. And then the note said, quote unquote, I was wrong or I need advice are difficult phrases to utter because they require humility. Pride is an ingredient in every quarrel. It stirs up conflict and divides people. Humility, by contrast, heals. Guard against pride. If you find yourself constantly arguing, examine your life for pride. Be open to the advice of others. Ask for help when you need it. And be willing to admit your mistakes. That gets you so far. Yes. In, in quarrels and everything. If you're like, listen, I really screwed up. I mean, for me it would. Yeah. You know. And, and that applies everywhere, like in a relationship or at work, if there's a disagreement. Yeah, yeah just, yep. Yeah. Um, let's see, I had 1322. It says, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. And I don't think it had a, a note. Um, and then 23 said, a poor person's farm may produce much food, but injustice sweeps it all away. Mm. So I, um, it said, the poor are often victims of an unjust society. A poor man's soil may be good, but unjust laws may rob him of his own produce. This proverb does not take poverty lightly or wink at injustice. It simply describes what often occurs. We should do what we can to fight injustice of every sort. Our efforts may seem inadequate, but it is comforting to know that in the end, God's justice will prevail. Mm. Okay, so I had uh, chapter 14, verse 12. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. And I had to read that one a couple times. I was like, wait, what? But the note says, the path that seems right may offer many options and require few sacrifices. Easy choice, choices should make us take a second look. Is this solution attractive because it allows me to be lazy? Because it doesn't ask me to change my lifestyle because it requires no moral restraints? The right choice often requires hard work and self-sacrifice. Don't be enticed by apparent shortcuts that seem right but end in death. Um, my daughter was reading something from an, uh, his name's R.C. Sproul, and he was explaining there, there always has been and there always will be four type, four categories of people. Ones who are saved and know they're saved. Ones that um, are saved but don't know they are. You know, don't feel like, oh, I'm not sure, like uneasy about it. Okay. Ones that um, are not saved but think they are. 
So the opposite of that. They're okay. not saved, but they think they are. They think they're saved. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then ones that um, aren't saved and they know. They, they don't know, know the Lord. They haven't come to him or nothing. Okay. And I just started to think about that, the simplicity of that. This book is simple mm -hmm. if we take it apart. Mm -hmm. Like I like I've said before, if I didn't have notes, I didn't know her. The notes are, are so helpful. Yes. And there's been some a couple commentaries. I you know, like if I'm confused or something and I don't know, I've we've done a couple things by R. C. Sproul and they're so good. Mm. So like he gave his whole life. And he I think he died probably five years ago. Oh maybe, not too at long. that maybe not even that much. But I just I don't know. I've always liked what he's written and you know passionate when he speaks so that's great yeah i had 15 one a gentle an answer deflects anger but harsh words make tempers flare and it said have you ever tried to argue in a whisper <laughs> there that is <laughs> it is equally hard to argue with someone who insists on answering gently there you go on the other hand, it raised voice and harsh words almost always trigger an angry response. Turn away wrath and seek peace. Choose gentle words. Just like you were saying. Well, I learned that from Chris because I had no idea that was even a thing. Yeah. And he, he he's like, just try it one day. People, will their their tone will, will get lower. And I'm like, son of a gun. And there it was. Well, who knew it was in the Bible? Who knew? Okay, so that was 15.1. Yes. Okay, I had 15.3. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Mm. And sometimes it's hard to, like, to remember that. Yeah. Or even comprehend it. Because it's like, he's allowing both. But he sees everything. He does, yeah. The note says, at times it seems that God has left, has let evil run rampant in the world. And we wonder if he even notices it, but God sees everything clearly, both the evil actions and the evil intentions behind them. And then they um, reference Proverbs fifteen eleven, which says, even death and destruction hold no secrets from the Lord. How much more does he know than the human heart? Mm -hmm. And then back to the notes, it says he is not an indifferent observer. He cares and is active in our world. Right now, his work may be unseen and un unseen and unfelt, but don't give up. One day, he will wipe out evil and punish the evildoers, just as he will establish the good and reward those who will who do his will. Yes, that's so great. Do you feel Do you feel like just decade by decade, <clears throat> it's gotten worse, or or no, that it's just it, it's just the evil's the same every year. Or do you feel like it's ramping up a little bit? Well, I don't know if it's that I'm older or if it is ramping up. Mm. Or if I just see the world differently like my parents did. That's true. That's you know? true. So I don't know. How about you? I think that's a great point. Because obviously, like in the 80s, I'm not going to see the world the way I do now. Mm -mm. I don't even know if... if if I could quantify something like that. The only thing I would say is I feel the family is not supported. Yeah. And I think as we were younger and up to kind of recently, the family meant something. Mm -hmm. Like they would say, you know, have dinner at home together. Try to have dinner with your family every night. No one's ever saying anything about having dinner and being with your children and I wonder when that started because that was definitely in the 80s mm -hmm. and I want to say even in the 90s mm -hmm. some up to some point in the 90s yeah it was it was still you know sit around the oh, table yeah. and have fam family game night or have you know family yes. dinners and how important that was and yeah um it does feel like there has been a shift yes into 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 splitting the family up. Yeah, into space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it does feel like that to me and um even if you went to school and and your my teachers would be 
some talked about God and this and that. That would never. Oh, my goodness. They'd be sued and yeah. fired. Yeah. But, uh, and just like my daughter was, when she was in seventh and eighth grade, they had a teacher that was a Christian, and everyone knew it, and he spoke of it, and you couldn't do that now. No, because it's, it. I think it would just take one person yeah. to say, I don't like that. Yeah. But I think there has been a shift, because family's not important. No, fam. the The family unit isn't seen it, uh, um, deemed it important anymore. Yeah. But we have to remember that doesn't mean we shouldn't keep trying. Oh goodness, no! That yeah. that shouldn't make all of us try harder to, yeah. you know, have your meals together as much as possible. Yeah. Stay in touch with your kids if they're not at home anymore. You know. Yeah. And just keep that the family values. Strong. Yeah. I had um, 15, 16, and I don't know if there's a note for it, but it says, better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasure with inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. And boy, that's the truth. Yeah. I just, yeah. And there wasn't a note. There was a note on 15. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life's a continual feast. But I, so it says, our attitudes color our whole personality. We cannot always choose what happens to us, but we can choose our attitude toward this situation. The secret to a happy heart is filling our mind with thoughts that are true, pure, and lovely. Thoughts that dwell on the good things in life. This was Paul's secret as he faced imprisonment, and it can be ours as we face the struggles of daily living. Look at your attitudes and then examine what you allow to enter into your mind and what you choose to dwell on. You may need to make some changes. Just choose your attitude towards each situation. Yeah. Just look at it, and it said... Um, the secret to a happy heart is filling our mind with thoughts that are true, pure, and lovely. And it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Because you know, you always you hear the term, oh that person's living rent free in your head. Or that yeah. situation is living rent free in your head. Mm-hmm. And that they don't even know it. Yeah. And it happens. It sure does. And if you say to yourself, okay, let's, let me look at this situation. What are the truths here? And what are the facts and not just my feelings? Mm-hmm. Take feelings out of it. Mm-hmm. Your heart will connive you into things, you know. And the devil's going to work on oh, you in that situation. Yes. What are the facts? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Not feelings. Women are so feelings. Yeah, we are. And just get that out. It, yeah. yeah. It, you go by the facts. What are the facts? The facts are this. The facts are I'm not going to be, okay, and so if I do die, I'm going to be in heaven. Yeah. And, it, and you know, then, and I think it even talks about it later in, in this um, session. You know, if you're, th- if you're thinking about, like, revenge. Yeah. Just get it out of your head. It, that's, that doesn't involve you. Let God take care of that. Exactly. You're 100%. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Okay, the next one I had was 16.1. Okay. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. And then the note was, This verse can be understood to mean that the final outcome of the plans we make is in God's hands. If this is so, why make plans? In doing God's will, there must be partnership between our efforts and God's control. He wants us to use our minds to seek the advice of others and to plan. Nevertheless, the results are up to him. Planning, then, helps us act God's way. As you live for him, ask for guidance as you plan, and then act on your plan as you trust him. Mm -hmm. I had 1528. Mm. It says, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. And it said, the godly weigh their answers. The wicked don't think before speaking because they don't care about the effects of their words. 
It's important to have something to say, but it is equally important to think about it first. Do you carefully plan your words or do you pour out your thoughts without concern for their impact? That takes time to learn, I think. Yes. And no one's going to be perfect at it. Yeah. You know, if you can work on that and then you have a sister that has that same heart of forgiving, how can you be wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I had... um... 16.4, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for a day of disaster. This verse doesn't mean that God created some people to be wicked, but rather that God uses even the activities of wicked for his good purposes. God is, fine. God is infinite and we are finite. No matter how great our intellects, we will never be able to understand him completely. But we can accept by faith that he is all-powerful, all-loving, and perfectly good. We can believe that he is not the cause of evil, and we can trust that there are no loose ends in his system of judgment. Evil is a temporary condition in the universe. One day God will destroy it. Mm-hmm. I like the part where it said we can trust that there are no loose ends. Oh, thank God. I know, because if it was us, we'd have loose ends. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We would have some. I really like that. No one would have it all figured out. No. The next one I had was 1631. Okay. And it was, um, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. And it said, the Hebrews believed that long life was a sign of God's blessing. Therefore, gray hair and old age were good. While young people glory in their strength, old people can rejoice in their years of experience and practical wisdom. Gray hair is not a sign of disgrace to be covered over. It is a crown of splendor. As you deal with older people, treat them with respect. And I just thought about, remember candy stripers at the nursing homes and stuff? Yeah. I don't think we appreciate our older people enough. No, they're a lot of the times they're forgotten. They are. They're just kind of put aside. Put aside, and it's sad, and it's, I don't know, heartbreaking. You know? I forgot about that. You know, my grandma, she helped. I mean, she. it's essentially the same thing that yeah. they had at the hospital she, she volunteered at, but she did that forever. Forever and ever, yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, when you were 15 or so, you could become one. Okay. Yeah, I'll never forget that. And it's so cute because, you know, she would say, oh, you know, I took records up to, to the, to the, um, what's the baby said, to the maternity ward. Oh, yeah. She, she would just tell all sorts of stories and then complain and, you know, it's just, it's cute. But you're right. I think a lot of the times, you know, we do kind of put them to the side when we should be picking their brains and there's so much knowledge in there. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Okay, I had 17.3. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. It takes intense heat to purify gold and silver. Similarly, it often takes the heat of trials for the Christian to be purified. Through trials, God shows us what is in us and clears out anything that gets in the way of complete trust in him. Peter says these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when tough times come your way, realize that God wants to use them to refine your faith and purify your heart. That reminds me of the, that, the, the that song. song, Refiner's Fire. Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's just what I thought of. 100%. And it makes the trials, it doesn't make them easier, but it does help you understand it's for a reason. Yeah, there's a purpose for it. Um, I had 1722. A cheer- cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And it said to be cheerful is to be ready to greet others with a welcome or a word of encouragement. To have enthusiasm for the task at hand and a positive outlook on the future. Such people are welcome as pain-relieving medicine. 
if you can think of someone who is like that in your life, or yeah. just that you know of, yeah, don't you feel good when you, when that person comes around? Yes, I'm, because you know that person is going to be a, a positive force at that moment. Yes, and not phony. No, that's just who that person is. That's who they are. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I agree. We had a chart, mm-hmm. a humility and pride. Yes. And I think I'll take a picture of this one and put it uh, on our Facebook page. Okay. Because it's really good. It talks about the results of humility and then the the results of pride mm-hmm. and what they lead to. Yeah. And it's it just one of the little notes here in the, in the chart said, Proverbs is direct and forceful in rejecting pride. The proud attitude heads the list of seven things God hates. The harmful results of pride are constantly contrasted with humility and its benefits. Yep. What's your next one? Do you have one? Well, I just had, I just did humility and pride. Oh, was, okay. Did you have an, did yeah, you have and one? then I did 1722. Oh, and then you did that. I'm sorry. It's okay. 18.8. Okay. My apologies. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. I just, that, yeah, it's a truth. Mm-hmm. It is as hard to refuse to listen to rumors and gossip as it is to turn down a delicious dessert. Taking just one morsel of either one creates a taste for more. You can resist rumors the same way a determined dieter resists candy. Never even open the box. Mm. If you don't nibble on the first bite of gossip, you can't take a second and a third. Well, that's true. Yes, it is. 13, 813, 1813, excuse okay. me. Yes. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. So once again, it's putting your feelings yes. aside, getting to the facts. And in the note, it says, these concise statements give three basic principles for making sound decisions. One, get the facts before answering. Two, be open to new ideas. Three, make sure you hear both sides of a story before judging. All three principles center around seeking additional information. This is difficult work, but the only alternative is prejudice, judging before getting the facts. So good. That's perfect. Yeah. Yep. It's like you just have to become a detective. Yeah, you do. I had 19-2. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. We often move hastily through life, rushing headlong into the unknown. Some people marry without really getting to know the other person. Others try illicit sex or drugs without considering the consequences. Some plunge into jobs without evaluating whether or not they are suitable to that line of work. Enthusiasm is no good without knowledge, and it will not make a bad situation better. Don't rush into the unknown. Be sure you understand what you're getting into and where you want to go before you take the first step. Obviously, you cannot tell all that the future will hold, but do your homework, ask the right questions, and be sure you are following God. Um, yeah, I, there's another chart. Mm-hmm. And this one is how to succeed in God's eyes. Proverbs notes two significant byproducts of wise living, success and a good reputation. Several verses also point out what causes failure and a poor reputation. And then it kind of breaks down the qualities and then the Proverbs associated with those. So I might put that up as well on the Facebook page. Yeah. It's very good stuff. Yeah, it's just a real neat little, you know... And it's nice because they provide the verses so you can, um, you know, you can link it with something. Yes. Yep. And it goes for a good reputation and bad. Yes. Yeah. I like that too. That's good. I have um, 1923. I have 21 and 23. 21 said, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. And then... 23 fear the lord fear of the lord leads to life bringing security and protection from harm 
And it said, those who fear the Lord receive protection from harm because of their healthy habits, their beneficial lifestyle, and sometimes through God's direct intervention. Nevertheless, the fear of the Lord does not always protect us from trouble in this life. Evil things still happen to people who love God. This verse is not a universal promise, but a general guidance. It describes what would happen if this world were sinless and what will happen in the new earth when faithful believers will be under God's protection forever. Mm. And on 21 where it said, you make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. I thought about um, Gigi. Oh. And how she'd always say, now, if you're at a stoplight, the Lord, and you get frustrated. Well, don't be frustrated. The Lord just needs you to be there for right then. Yeah. There's no reason to get upset about anything. She just was a little proverb herself. And there's an example of an older woman, an older person, that is so wise. Um, and her daughter has uh, had a big influence on both of our lives. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, all the all the lives that that she's affected. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I had Proverbs twenty four. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. And the note says God wants us to anticipate future needs and prepare for them. We can't expect him to our rescue, to come to our rescue when we cause our own problems through lack of planning and action. He provides for us, but he also expects us to be responsible. Yes. No kidding. I guess this is 2027. Oh, okay, yeah. It says the Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing exposing every hidden motive. And it just said the human spirit is the Lord's light. That's a that's such a great verse. I, know. I highlighted that one as well. Did you? There's uh, no hiding from from no anything. No. And then I had also number nine, uh-huh. 21 9, that said, um, It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Oh, those were, there's another sassy one later oh, on. Yeah. Huh? Uh huh. Another preparation one. So, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 31. Mm-hmm. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. This proverb refers to preparing for battle. All our preparation for any task is useless without God. But even with God's help, we still must do our part and prepare. His control of the outcome does not negate our responsibilities. God might want you to produce a great book, but you must learn to write. God might want to use you in foreign missions, but you must learn the language. God will accomplish his purposes, and he will be able to use you if you have done your part by being well prepared. Just follow his will, huh? Yeah. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That Holy Spirit will let you know. Um, I had 22.6. It says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And the note said, many parents want to make all their choices for their children, but this hurts them in the long run. When parents teach their children how to make decisions, they don't have to watch every step they take. They know their children remain on the right path because they have made the choice themselves. Train your children to choose the right way. It's not make the right choices for your children. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, there, there does come a time where you have to step back as a parent. Mm-hmm. And they have to make mistakes. Yeah. That was the last one I had there. Then, did you have any others in that big section? Because no. then I had 22, then we moved to 22.17. Okay. All right, so we'll move on to Proverbs 22.17 through 24.22, which is titled Sayings of the Wise. Mm-hmm. And then there's an insert. Part of the insert says here, This section of Proverbs titled Sayings of the Wise has quite a different style from the rest of Proverbs. It replaces the simple one-verse proverb with an approach that deals with a subject over several verses. This strongly suggests that the section is a unit and was likely written independently of the 
earlier Proverbs. And there were 30 sayings filled with advice and knowledge. Yes. Did any of those uh, stick out to you? 23, 1 through 3. Mm. While, while dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Don't desire all the delicacies, for he might be trying to trick you. And it says, the point of this proverb is to be careful when eating with an important or influential person, because that individual may be trying to influence or bribe you. Unwary meetings over meals can lead to under, undermined convictions. No good will come from such meals. Hmm. I had, well, let's see, mine was towards the end. I had 2410. Okay. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. And then the note said, times of trouble can be useful. They can show you who you really are, what kind of character you have developed. In addition, they can help you grow stronger. When Jeremiah questioned God because of the trouble he faced, God asked how he ever expected to face big challenges if the little ones tired him out. And that was from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 12, 5. Don't complain about your problems. The trouble you face today is training you to be strong for the more difficult situations you will face in the future. Boy. That could almost be a little bit scary for some people. Yeah. Because you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm dealing with whatever. Yeah, you're I'm dealing with death. I'm dealing with no money. I'm Does this mean this is going to be my life? That's not necessarily so. No. In the future, it could be that it's making you stronger for the trials that you're going to go through. It doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to be troubled with money. No, it doesn't mean it's a multiplier right. down the road. Tell me if I'm wrong here, because I don't want to speak out of yeah. term. But, you know, maybe it's to help someone else. Maybe your knowledge can help someone else. I agree. Um, because that would get very discouraging. Yes, it would. But I think that that, you know, you think about when you were just living it up, teenager, blah, 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 and then you had a trial. Yeah. Then another one came. Then you real had an epiphany saying, you know what, this isn't going to stop. Mm -hmm. But the trials have been different. And it's just preparing us and making us realize we can't do it on our own. We yes. have to have Christ. Yes. Say you have, it is interesting looking back at trials in your life. Okay, let's say you have, you have a, a big trial when you're in your 30s. It may turn out in your 40s that, let's say you have another trial. Well, that trial may be even worse, but because you've gone through what you did in the 30s, it's not going to seem that bad. Right. You're going to be better equipped to handle it. God has is, God is equipped you. To handle it. Yeah. Exactly. And this is just a spot we're in right now. We're going to be eternally in eternity with him and in glory. And just remember that, you know? Yes. Yeah. I had 2426, yeah. which said... Um, an honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. And it said, people often think that they should bend the truth to avoid hurting a friend. But one who gives an honest, straightforward answer is a true friend. To be entrusted with the truth, even at the risk of offense, says this proverb represents a gesture, gesture of high honor. That's the truth. Yeah. So, I... Uh, and we all are thankful for those friends because yeah. we do have friends that just are like, oh, yeah, it's all great and dandy. Yeah. But, you know. And some people don't, they don't want the truth. Yeah, they don't. And they should mm -hmm. because you can't live in fantasy land. No. For sure. No. Because spiritually, that doesn't help you. No. You're not letting the Holy Spirit kind of work work his way, you know, to make you uh, a stronger believer, a stronger Christian. 
you're just you're, you're stagnant mm -hmm. because you have to shed away all those old leaves yeah you really do yeah yeah it's a it's a growing process yeah yeah um i had 24.29 and don't say now i can pay them back for what they've done to me i'll get even with them and then the note says here is a reverse version of the golden rule which is luke 631 that says do to others as, as you would have them do to you revenge is the way the world operates but it is not god's way amen so we amen. shouldn't even we shouldn't concern ourselves with that no exactly 100 percent. that's not our job now amy is there anything else you wanted to go over um, no, I don't think so. No, that was it. Okay, yeah, that takes us to A Song of Songs. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, That's so beautiful. You yeah. guys you guys will see when you read yeah. it. It's it's it is beautiful. Yes. Okay, so we'll give it out give out information. The email is basic bible study 19 Oh, here's something ridiculous. Oh, here we are. I was on my laptop <laughs> last night. And I'm trying, because I haven't logged into our, our basic Bible study account on the laptop. So I'm entering, you know, the information and saying it's not correct. It's not correct. And I'm like, what in the world? So I go onto the desktop and I'm like, wow, I've been entering the wrong email address. Because I, I literally said it in my head. I'm like, okay, and the email is basic Bible study 19. I'm like, 19! And I forgot the 19. I guess you had to be there. Yeah, it's it's a doozy. Anyway, so basic Bible study nineteen at gmail dot com. The Facebook uh, address is facebook dot com slash my basic Bible study, and the website is my basic Bible study dot com. Next time we will be reading the entire Song of Songs, oh. it, the entire book. It's one one through eight fourteen. Okay, and we're throwing in First Kings chapter eleven. Well. <laughs> That's Solomon's downfall. Amen. <laughs> because Song of Songs um, isn't horribly long. And then, um, the, you know, chronologically, we have 1 Kings 11, and then we move into Ecclesiastes. There we are. So we'll get, we'll take care of 1 Kings. Praise the Lord. Anything else? Will we see hear from these heifers before Christmas? Yeah. Oh, Christmas for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. Yes. Yes. Which we... this probably won't get on that, though. Oh, no. So scratch that. Well, we hope you had a really nice we Thanksgiving. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. We hope you did. Yeah. We hope you gobbled till you wobbled. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope you got all your Christmas... Things taken care of, and, and you're all ready yeah. for the birth of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining thank us, you. and we'll catch you next time. God bless.